Uh, so <clears throat> you ever get a text message from somebody and they just kind of share something with you and your response is not always the best? So my dad messaged me something this morning. It's nothing bad. And my response was not the best. And so while I was playing, the Lord's like, I'm going to, you're going to text your dad, sorry for your response. And you're going to tell these people that you're doing that. So, um, you know, if there's things in your life that, especially with people, right? God cares about people more than anything. <laughs> he just messaged me. He says, thanks, I forgive you. So, um, <clears throat> you know, people, God cares about people so much and he cares about our relationships with people and, and relationships are messy and we don't always respond the right way. And, and um, you know, uh, the world needs to see that there's true love and forgiveness and grace and mercy, even in the midst of, you know, not always saying the right things. And so um, God's good. He loves us. And I'm thankful for my parents. And it's just good to uh, be able to communicate with someone when you don't say the right thing. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and pray. And then uh, thanks, you guys, for coming. And uh, if you don't know me, my name's Brian. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, we'll go ahead and get into our text today. Today we'll be in Acts chapter 5 verse 26 through 42. I know we ended in 26 last week, but uh, I kind of want to recap so we can get some context. But uh, all right, Father God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for each and every person here and that uh, you have a plan and a purpose, Father, for our lives, Lord. Um, first to save us, Lord, from uh, our being separated eternally from you, Jesus. And secondly, to <clears throat> to transform us from the inside out and to make us more like you. Father, will you help us? Will you help us to be more like you, Lord? Will you help us to be transparent, Lord, with our shortcomings? Help us to, to, be, uh, to take you know, places of, of asking for forgiveness or apologies or, or what that looks like, Lord, and help us to have <clears throat> a, a stance with you, God, that is right, Lord. Father, just uh, if there's anything in our lives that, may hinder this morning, Father. Anything that we may have done knowingly or unknowingly, God, we just ask that you just, uh, just move upon our hearts, God, that the cares of this world, Lord, would melt like wax in your presence, God. Lord, remove me from the equation. I just pray, Jesus, that you would just uh, pour your spirit out upon uh, this time, Lord, that we have to open your word, God, to hear from you, to hear from the Bible, to hear, Lord, um, things that pertain to life and godliness, that you would build us up in such a way, Lord, that when we leave this place, Father, that um, people would see Jesus in our lives, Lord. Thank you that you're all about uh, loving us and giving us opportunity to, to come to a place of repentance, of changing our thinking about you and about things and, and turning away and turning to God, turning to you. Lord, just lift up um, our society, the nations, Lord, uh, that, that, that are dealing with uh, COVID and just all the different things, Lord. We're bombarded by uh, news and social media and all these things, Father, that can be overwhelming, Lord. I pray right now in the name of Jesus for those that might be dealing with suicide or, or separation anxiety or even anxiety in itself, God, I just ask that you would step into people's lives, step into my own life, God, that my focus would be about you, Lord. Thank you that um, once we come to know you, Jesus, that our identity is in you and that our, 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 our path is heaven, Lord. Thank you for prayer. And Lord, I don't speak to the air, but speak to you, God, Lord. And I pray that you would just have your way today in our hearts and minds. Lord, that we wouldn't miss out on what you have for us right now. Those online listening, I pray, Lord, that you'd help them to be focused, Lord, on you too, Lord, as it's hard, Lord, to 
stay focused when we're watching on screens, I think, sometimes. Jesus, I just pray for the other churches, Lord, the other pastors and leaders and ministers, Lord. God, that you would give them boldness, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and discernment, God, from you. Thank you that the calling on the church is to be your hands, feet, and your mouthpiece, Lord, in public about Jesus. Thank you that these people here that know you are the church. The building is not the church. The worship team is not the church. Thank you for your word, that it lasts forever, that it accomplishes its purpose, Lord. To glorify you, Jesus. May you be glorified this time as we continue to worship you through the reading of your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Cool, so Acts chapter five, we're gonna start in 26. We, we left off at verse 26 in Acts five. We're gonna, we're gonna um, uh, finish up Acts chapter five. Um, this, this, this section of scripture, there's just such great glorious pieces of God moving amongst his people um, in this first half of Acts. And so we'll pick up in Acts chapter five, verse 26. We'll read all the way through. And then we'll break it apart and Lord willing, be able to learn some things that God wants to teach us today. You have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, by the way, we have Bibles in the back. If you don't own one, it's yours to keep. Um, I read from New King James Version. Um, I know others have different uh, versions. Um, ESV is a good one as well, but um, as of now, we're using New King James. And so if you don't own a Bible, there's a Bible for you in back. Um, <clears throat> So Acts chapter five, verse 26. Then the captain went with the officers and brought them out, brought them without violence for they feared the people lest they should be stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council and the high priest asked them saying, did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. <clears throat> Verse 32. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. Then one in the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel. I have a hard time with his name a teacher of the law held in respect by all the people and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. <clears throat> and he said to them, men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men. For some time ago, Thaddeus rose up claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400 joined him. He was slain and all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. Verse 37, after this, after this man, Judas of Galilee rose up in the day of the census and drew away many people after him. He also perished and all who obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say to you, keep 
away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it will become, it will come to nothing. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even be found to fight against God. And they agreed with him. And when they had called for the apostles and beat them, they commanded that they should not speak the name of Jesus and let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name, Jesus' name. Verse 42, and daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. So remember, in the earlier portions of Acts here, the apostles were placed in common prison. Um, the, uh, the religious leaders had already told them, don't speak about Jesus in the earlier text that we had re read. They had put Peter and John in prison for a short time once and then let them go. Um, and then this time they saw them preaching again um, and they put them in this common prison. The Lord, this is uh, in the earlier part of Acts 5, the Lord's angel let them out told them to go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And all the words of this life means uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so what the angel was saying was go preach about uh, Jesus. So then the religious leaders saw this, they were infuriated uh, and, and the leaders gathered them and to have this trial and they sent for the apostles. They went to the prison, uh, the prison door was closed and it was as if it was never open. The guard was there, but no one was in it. And where did they find them? They found them preaching in the temple. And this infuriated the Sadducees. The captain came with the officers and brought the apostles to the religious leaders. And this is where we pick up in Acts chapter uh, 26, uh, chapter five, verse 26. So I just wanted to give a kind of a recap there. And uh, if you could put on the screen, the slide I have, for uh, the court. So this is part of, so this right here, can you guys see this okay? I don't know if you shared that online too, but so this is actually uh, in Herod's temple. This is a, a certain section that was set apart for um, court hearings, okay? Uh, the, 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 the Pharisees, Sadducees, the, the Sanhedrin, they were the religious group that was in charge of, you know, uh, making sure that the Jewish law was was taken care of, that people were obeying it right. And if you didn't, then they had this authority and you had 35 members on each side. The accused would be in the center and the high priest would be uh, there on his, his throne of religiosity per se at this time. I'm just kind of made that up. And so this was a real court hearing. This was, oh, that's the noise I heard. Okay. But this was, a, this was a real court hearing. And I just kind of wanted this picture to go up there because a lot of times we kind of lose concept of um, I'm going to move this so this doesn't all fall off too. Um, a lot of times we lose concept of what really is going on. And I, I work well with pictures. How many of you guys work well with pictures? You know, um, so that's why YouTube's great. If you ever have to work on something or learn something, it's right there in front of you. It's video and audio. <clears throat> so, so here's where the disciples were. They, were. they were in this court hearing. And so that was after the officers had brought them with this violent, they, they didn't want to be violent with them because they were afraid. Uh, verse 26, they were afraid that the people would have stoned them to death. Um, and so there was this great following that was happening. Um, 
And, and the, the high priest, just to let you know, he was the president of the Sanhedrin, so he was the, the authoritarian of the religious group. Um, and also the high priest, you see here in, uh, let's see here, verse, sorry, in verse 28 saying, did we not strictly command you not to teach in his name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and, in de- and, and intend to bring this man's blood on us. And there's, there's a couple of things I want you to notice here. Um, the, uh, I, I guess it just needed to leave. The, um, the high priest wouldn't even speak the name of Jesus. If you look at verse 28, did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name, this name? He also proclaimed the success of the apostles' ministry. Um, You see there in the middle part of verse 28, and look, you filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. So he thought he was criticizing and and judging the disciples, but reality was as he was proclaiming the work of God being successful, the ministry of the disciples being successful. He filled this whole area with the gospel. And he mentioned uh, the blood of Jesus would be brought on their hands. So they were afraid that this was going to happen. But yet, if you go and look at in Matthew, during Jesus's trial, the, the people had already, the, 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 the religious leaders had already stated in Matthew 27, 25, read this. And all the people answered and said, his blood be on us and on our children. That was the intensity of the trial for Jesus. They wanted to have, they didn't even care if the blood of Jesus, if if the murder of a man was upon them. They didn't care. That's how bloodthirsty they were to crucify Jesus. And so the the high priest was making this statement, you're you're doing this, do you intend to bring this man's blood on us? But the reality was, is that they had already brought it upon themselves at Jesus's trial. Verse 29, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God, rather than men. See, previously the apostles had prayed for boldness and we see this boldness here. The, the, the apostles uh, were not going to get caught up in, in, in the political stance of, of the religious leaders. They had one agenda and one agenda only. See, God's mandate to preach and teach about the truth and the life of the gospel, the good news this life, the crucifixion, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Bible and all of the Bible, this is God's given right to you and to I as the believer. And the disciples were not going to falter in regards to that. They weren't saying, hey, we're gonna buck against the system because you have to keep in mind what was the religious leaders telling them to not do, not speak the name of Jesus. They didn't want Jesus to be proclaimed. And how is that in our life today? Are there areas in our life that cause us to be afraid to speak about Jesus to others? See, Satan doesn't want Jesus to be talked about because every living being, I believe, every uh, thing that is seen and not seen will be bowing down at the name of Jesus. All things are submitted to to who he is. Uh, if you ever look up the account of the, the, the man who had the legions in him, this many, many demon-possessed man, it, it, the Gadarean, it, it, he, he, 
he ran up and fell on the ground and everything inside of him, uh, these demons proclaimed the deity of Jesus without Jesus ever speaking to him. And they didn't proclaim it in worship. They proclaimed it as his authority and who he was. And so it was, it was, it's really an interesting account because we can look at it and we can say, oh, well, you know, this man was worshiping Jesus. You know, he, he fell down at the feet of Jesus and said, you know, he proclaimed who Jesus was. And then the demons were like, what are you gonna do with us? But the reality is, is that all things spiritual know who Jesus is. And, and this, was a, this was a spiritual thing that was happening at this time. See, the enemy tried to destroy God's plan with Adam and Eve. And then in Genesis 3, I think uh, 3.16, uh, you have the Proto-Evangelium um, where it's the first proclamation of the gospel of Jesus' crucifixion happening. And all through the Old Testament, through biblical history, we see this red thin line of Christ going through his lineage and, and all sorts and then comes to Jesus and, and then Jesus, you know, is born and all this, you know, e even with what happened in Jesus' birth, we're going to talk about that coming up for Christmas. You know, all the two-year-olds and, and lower were, were murdered by a king. There was this huge, huge cosmic force against Jesus physically that affected the whole world and still affects the whole world. And the crazy thing is, is that even when Christ died and was, was buried and resurrected and he ascended into heaven and, 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 and we were talking about this the other day, when Jesus uh, died, this, 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 this veil between the Holy of Holies and the common area in the temple was torn in two and it was huge. It was super thick. It was, it was so, such a large curtain that wind wouldn't be able to move it. And people came out of the graves and 500 people saw Jesus all at once. It, it, when Jesus moves, it's cosmic. It's, it's, it's radical. It's not a small thing. And let us, not, let, let, us not, let us not compartmentalize God into how we are. See, when we humanize Jesus and when we humanize God and we humanize the Bible in such a way that it, detra it, that it detracts from the power of God, we miss out on what God's really doing in us. The greatest miracle is salvation. Amen. And that's what these people were talking about. See, it's important to understand, you know, we get caught up on, on seeing the healing and seeing, you know, these things. And, and some people, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. And, and if there's not a representation of, 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 of spiritual gifts, then the Holy Spirit's not moving. But I think the most mysterious thing and radical thing that could ever be accomplished on earth is that the Lord comes and dwells inside of somebody and saves them from being eternally separated from God. Amen. And then the Holy Spirit starts changing us and starts transforming us. And the things we used to love to do that was sinful, we're like, you know, I don't really like doing that anymore. And people are like, hey, you used to say the F word a lot. Now you don't. What's wrong with you? Or, you know, you could say whatever, you know? You used to do this and now you don't do that. And there's this amazing thing that God does in us. And I'm sorry to use that reference about that word, I apologize. But that's a drastic thing, God changes us. I should have just said foul language. God's good, he loves us, he's, he's totally for us. And we see here that there was this huge physical opposition against the apostles for one reason, because God had touched their lives and they were obedient. 
and they were obedient to doing what the Lord had told them before he ascended into heaven. And this is for all of us here. You know, the, the job of, of, of sharing the gospel is not my job only. The job of, of, of reading the Bible daily, it's not just for me, it's for you guys. Could you imagine? Oh, I'll get to that in a second. I'm getting ahead of myself here. But you know, Peter and the apostles, they said, we ought not to obey you basically. We're, we're to obey God rather than men. So God's mandate to preach and to teach, the apostles were following that. And this happened in the first trial that Peter and John went through. The, the, the religious leaders had already told them to stop talking about Jesus. Obviously, these guys weren't gonna listen to them. But the Sanhedrin wanted to continue its purpose to shut down Jesus, to shut down the name of the Lord. Man, we need to hide in the Lord and let him protect us and, and ask for boldness and ask for opportunities in our lives to share Christ with people. It doesn't come naturally. It's, it's, it's a thing that we're not born with, I don't think. It's something that God does through us. You know, maybe when you're out at the store getting stuff for Thanksgiving, the Lord's gonna, you know, prick your heart about something. You might tell somebody, even if you're wearing a mask, or your mask, Jesus loves you. They might go, what? See, and then you'll be able to say it even louder. Or maybe you'll be able to pray for somebody. There's been so many times in my life where the Lord is just, and, and you know, it, it's not all the time, but it's just this little small voice. And, and we have the opportunity to ignore it. But if we don't, you just, you'd be amazed at what people want to do. A lot of times we deal with fear. You know, we deal with fear of acceptance or what are people going to think about us or, or how, you know, are they going to think I'm a madman or am I crazy or, or whatever, but if Jesus lives inside of you, he has given you the greatest gift known to mankind. Don't be selfish with it. The apostles weren't. And their lives depended upon it, actually. They had a lot of things to risk. They had already been persecuted. They kept going, and it was this boldness that the Lord gave them. So I pray really all the time for this body, for the church in general, that there would be boldness given to the body. You know, Acts 4, 19 through 20 says this, but Peter and John answered and said to them, this is back in the first trial, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge, for we cannot but speak the things with the things which we have seen and heard. There was something that was placed inside of these apostles that they could not be quiet about. I believe we need to pray for that. There's so many loud things in our lives, so many things in front of us, so many things that we become focused upon. Are we focused on Jesus? Are we focused on the word? We need to be focused on him. The disciples had one agenda and that was to be focused on Jesus. And that was to be focused on sharing the gospel with others. And you might say, Brian, that's kind of heavy-handed. You keep saying the same thing over and over and over again. But I have a deep conviction that there's been, I don't even know if it's a false doctrine or, I don't know, how can I put this? Being silent about something actually 
is a way of approving or accepting something. And in the body as a whole, I just feel that it's imperative that we as believers are encouraged and stirred up and reminded that we, need, that we are the work that God wants to do in this communities that we live in. You folks have a greater impact than I ever could. And God will lovingly give you those opportunities. Sorry, I'm beating a dead horse with a dead donkey, like my wife and I would say. Verse 30, Acts chapter five. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. So this, uh, the, the, the apostles, they, they're continuing in their answer to the high priest. Verse 31, him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. See, it's important to remember who Peter and John are speaking to. These are Jewish men that have been the protectors of the law of God, which is the Old Testament. So when the apostles state God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, they are proclaiming that the Messiah, the promised one that was to come to save his people, that it had happened and that the fulfilling of the Old Testament prophecies had occurred and that they were the ones, the religious leaders, they were the ones that murdered him. See, they were in denial that Jesus was the Christ, the Savior, the Messiah, not the apostles, but the religious leaders at the time. See, yes, God ordained this to happen, the murdering of Jesus, the crucifixion, but the Jewish leaders were still guilty of this and needed to repent. God exalted him, being Jesus Christ, to the place of honor and power. Jesus is the prince. The word prince means leader. He's the forerunner. He's the firstborn, right? He's the first of the resurrection. And we take part in that. It's a beautiful thing. Jesus has resurrected us from the dead, literally. We have eternal life in Jesus. We have salvation, it's free. See, he is the savior, the one that saves. And this is all that the apostles are proclaiming to these religious leaders, giving Israel even the opportunity to repent and receive forgiveness of sin. See, even though they claimed that the religious leaders had murdered Jesus on the cross, they're still speaking about the truth of salvation and of the ability to be forgiven of sins. I love that about the Lord. The Lord's forthright with who we are with him, but then coupled with grace and forgiveness. And that grace of forgiveness is what? So we can keep on being disobedient to God? No, it's to give us opportunity to come to a place of forgiveness of our sins with the Lord. This is true for us today. Jesus Christ is our prince. He's your prince. He's our leader. He's your leader. He's your savior. He's our avenue for the ability to be given repentance. That word repentance means to change the mind, to be forgiven of our sins. That's what metanoia is. It's the Greek word for repentance. It means to change the way you think of something. 
And when it's in the Bible, it's to change our way that we think about Jesus, the way we think about God, what your concept is of him. It has to line up with the truth of what Jesus proclaimed, who he is, what he is, and what he is for us. And this is everything that the apostles were sharing with the religious leaders in that court hearing. Could you imagine how intense that would have been? It would have been intense. They knew who they were. It wasn't a rebelliousness against the legality of things. It was that this these people were telling them to not talk about Jesus. That's why they were on trial. Peter and John continued to state that they personally had witnessed all of this. Plus, that the Holy Spirit was a witness. So what they were saying is that we physically have seen this and God himself, the Holy Spirit, is a witness to these things. In other words, that the miracles that God was using, that God was doing through the apostles, through the disciples, through the early church, these leaders, that that was a confirmation of God's work in their life. There was no denying that God was moving. Gosh, these religious leaders sure were prideful and stuck in their ways. Verse 33, it tells you exactly how prideful and stuck in their ways they were. Verse 33 says this, when they heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. Think about that for a minute. It wasn't like a flash in the pan anger. This group of 33, 35 people like you saw on the screen, they were furious. They start talking. And could you imagine being next to your neighbor? Hey, how can we like lynch Peter? How can we murder John? This is all the apostles in this court. It wasn't just two of them. They started planning right then how they could kill them because of this how much anger these people had against the name of Jesus. In our society today, we may be filled with fear to speak about Jesus because, oh no, don't stir the pot. Don't bring up that name. That's a real thing. Years ago, I worked at Oracle. I was in the data and telecommunication procurement department. It was a horrible job. Couldn't stand it. Stick me behind a desk looking at a computer and equating where circuits are connected on a graph. Forget it. But there was this club that was there. They had club day. When you get in these big, big, huge club, big, huge corporations, they have to give every club the opportunity to express what they're about. You know, even to the point where, you know, LGBT had, you know, the gay flag underneath the American flag on the campus where I worked. And I was looking at that, I go, that's kind of odd. And it just struck me up. And I, I, cause I would leave my cubicle and go on prayer walks and stuff. And, and so all of this kind of stirred up to where I ended up finding out that there were other clubs all over the place in Oracle. Oracle's a worldwide company, trillion dollar company, billions, whatever. And, uh, we all probably use their software actually in one way or another. And so come to find out, there was this Christian club that was in the home campus in the Bay Area. And I ended up chatting. We, you know, we had this closed loop chat within the business. And um, I ended up chatting with the guy who was a leader of it. And he was filled with fear. He was literally afraid to be a Christian in his workplace. He told me, I can't be that way because there's witches and they're going to hurt me if I do these things or whatever. And 
you know, this is a long time ago. I think Gina is our first year of marriage, maybe 2006, seven, somewhere around there before we got married. And it was interesting to me because this man was more afraid of what people would think about him than being open for Jesus the way every other club was open about their belief systems. And that's a real thing for people. That's a real thing for us. We deal with it every day. So let us not operate in fear pertaining to the gifting that God has given us to share the gospel. You know, I, I, I don't remember the words I share with that man, but I, I, you know, it was just, it was an eye-opener for me, you know, because I hadn't experienced that with anybody before. Not on that level. And so you see this, this, this anger and this frustration, this hurt that wants to become, come against the, the, the apostles. And the same thing, man, in the spiritual world, there's, there's an enemy that is out to keep the mouths of believers shut. Let us not succumb to that. Let us call upon the name of the Lord and be filled with the Spirit and empowered by him. That's what these men were. This is an account of that for these people. So uh, verse 33, we talk about here for a second. The, these, the religious leaders, they were infuriated with them. Um, they, were, they were cut and con- they were deeply cut uh, in, in conviction. They, they couldn't stand what was told to them about uh, when Peter and, and, and the apostles had, had talked to them about this. And, and you know, um, sometimes when people speak the truth against our sin, we can become angry. Uh, these men were so furious, they wanted to kill the apostles. They were angry. But the apostles didn't say anything mean to them, really. Verse 34 through 39 talks about Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, held in respect by all the people and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. So he wanted them to go outside. And then he goes on and he starts talking about, you know, these other two followings that happened, you know, one with uh, Thaddeus who rose up and claiming to be somebody and number of men, about 400 followed him. And then when he died, the, 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 the group scattered away. And then verse 37, you know, after that man, there was, this Jude, there was Judas of Galilee rose up in, in, in the days of, of the census and and drew away many people after him. And he also perished and all who obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say to you, and this is Gamaliel speaking to the Sanhedrin. And now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it lest you even be found to fight against God. Now, at first we could think, oh, hey, this guy spoke up well. You know, he said some great things. He, he advocated for the disciples he, or the apostles. He advocated for them. Um, well, we don't know if he's a Christian or not. Um, and this man who spoke, uh, he was extremely distinguished amongst Israel's rabbis. <clears throat> he actually was the teacher of Saul of Tarsus, who was Paul. <clears throat> if you go to Acts 22, verse 3, um, Paul actually references um, his credentials as a Sadducee, uh, or I mean Pharisee, underneath uh, Gam- Gamal- Gamaliel's teaching. <clears throat> Gam- Gam- Gamaliel's advice does not indicate, <clears throat> like I mentioned, that he was a Christian or that he was even pro-Christian. Um, it was simply worldly wisdom. It's important to note that 
that his worldly wisdom wasn't even fully truthful. You know, many times throughout history, we have seen evil continue. Just because it's man's plan or man's work doesn't mean it's going to die off. The enemy is at work and he will sustain things that aren't godly. Just because the man, just because man's the founder of an organization, it doesn't mean that that entity will fail. You know, there's many false religions that have continued for decades. Look at Mormonism. It continues. In fact, even with them not meeting, they aren't meeting at all since COVID happened. They're still advancing their agenda. Here in our community, they're building a huge temple. They're not stopping. It's right down the road from where I live. Well, they're not, they, Jesus isn't God for them. He's a created person. In fact, they think he's Satan's brother. It's horrible. It's not, there's no truth in their, in their religion. <clears throat> not biblical truth. They might, be, they might be nice people, but there's no biblical truth at all. There's no truth in any of that. I say biblical because this is the only truth. <laughs> but it still advances. But Jesus Christ, you know, not being the center of that cult, and yet it's sustained for whatever reason. So, so Gamaliel, I'm going to have to learn how to say that. His wisdom at first looks correct, but really it was worldly and it wasn't even really true. It didn't, it, it didn't have truthful statements. Um, now pertaining to God though, and the things he does, he cannot be overthrown. In fact, his church will never come to an end. And I don't mean buildings. See, Jesus said in Matthew verse, chapter 16, verse 18, and I also say to you, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or hell, if you want to call it, shall not prevail against it. So anything, you know, that you may have in your mind about, you know, the church closing because of the situations that we're in, and, and you know, it's not really that bad in America yet pertaining to the church, honestly. Um, you don't have people being taken out of their houses in house churches and beat or Bibles burned or pastors put into prison like the rest of the world. Um, we have it pretty easy here, um, honestly. Uh, and so it's just an amazing account that we see here and that Jesus made that statement. I'm so glad that he said that, that we can rely upon his word and say, you know what? The church is going to continue. And we are the church. We're the body. It's not a building. You know, the true believers of Jesus Christ, we will live for eternity. We will live forever. Our lives are written in heaven. If you are a believer, there's something in heaven called the Lamb's Book of Life. And if, you're, if your name's in it, you will be with Jesus in heaven forever. It's important that our name becomes written in that book. Verse 40 through 41 says this, and they agreed with him. So this, the, the, the court, the religious court agreed with what, um, what he had said, and when they had called for the apostles and they beat them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus 
and they let them go. I think it's kind of comical that they told them not to speak in the name of Jesus. It's almost like they just had to follow through with that because if they changed what they said, then they wouldn't be following what they believed in um, because this was like not the first time they told them not to talk about Jesus. And what was the result? Verse 41, so they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. See, the religious council had agreed with Gamaliel. They beat the apostles and commanded them not to speak in the name of Jesus again. Gamaliel's worldly wisdom seemed to keep the council from killing them for the time being. The apostles, all the disciples were martyred. The apostles rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer for Jesus Christ. They, they may have recalled what Jesus had said uh, when he preached the Sermon on the Mount. Maybe, maybe they, they recalled this message that Jesus had spoken. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 through 12. This might have come into mind after the beating and they were released. Uh, verse Matthew 5, 10 through 12 says this, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Could you imagine that, getting punched in the face in this scenario and that's what's in your mind? We don't know how they were beat. Blessed are you when they revel and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And this is for us to today. If the Lord so by his grace and mercy gives us boldness to be able to share Christ with an opposing force somewhere, and we may find ourselves to be ridiculed by somebody, we need to be reminded that we aren't alone in that. Uh, one thing that's important too to note, you know, when I've gone out and shared Christ with people or, you know, and if somebody gets a little unruly or whatnot, the reality is, is that God defends himself. Don't ever take it personal. You know, if somebody is, is being negative towards you when you're sharing Christ with somebody. They're offended because Jesus just offends people. The truth of God naturally does that to people. It's important to note here that did this stop the apostles? No, it didn't stop the church. No, it didn't. Verse 42, and daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Could you imagine if they had cowered down to the godless mandate to stop teaching and preaching? Could you imagine what would happen? We might not be here today. We would be in a whole world of hurt. And you say, you know, really? You know, won't God accomplish his will no matter what? Well, yeah. God's gonna accomplish his will no matter what. However, he's chosen you and I and he chose these apostles to be a distinct part of his plan. God has chosen us to be a distinct part of his plan in this world. That's why we exist in this time. Sometimes when I pray, you know, I'm like, Lord, thank you that you allowed me to exist in this season, this era, this moment. There's such an opportunity for us, the church, to be salt and light in this world. The Lord wants us to be salt and light. Jesus speaking in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16 says this, you are the salt of the earth. 
But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. If you are the light of the world, I'm sorry, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Matthew 5, 16. This is for us today. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. God wants us to be about his business. He wants us to be this. It's interesting. We don't use salt much for flavoring anymore. I mean, sorry, we don't use salt for preserving anymore much, you know. Um, We use it for flavoring. Could you imagine putting salt on potatoes and it not tasting like salt? What would you do with it? You'd throw it away or go ask for your money back or whatever, but it would be useless to you for its purpose. What happens with salt? It makes people thirsty, right? And it's a preservative. Are our lives so salty that people become thirsty for Jesus when they're around us? Is my life that way? We have to ask that. Lord, is there anything in my life that's in the way or am I being salty? Because personally, I don't want to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. I don't want to, what Jesus was saying, he was using a very tangible thing that they dealt with on a daily basis and, and the people understood, hey, if salt's you know, not worth anything, it gets thrown out. I love how God's grace and mercy and his power is mingled in with our shortcomings. God's word says that we're to boast of our weaknesses more so that his strength may be made perfect. That's paraphrased. Let's not be thrown out and put under the foot of men. Let's be light for this world. But this is this amazing thing that Jesus states. It's almost like um, this is who you are. You are the salt of the earth. Put your name there. Brian, you're the salt of the earth or whatever your name might be. And, and, and take ownership of that. God has made me and created me to be the salt of the earth, to bring flavor and to make people thirsty for Jesus. Then go to 14 in Matthew 5. You are the light of the world. So Jesus is saying, you people that know me, that, that believe in me, you are this light because of who? Because of Jesus. There's nothing righteous except Christ that lives in us. It's not my great abilities or, or your great abilities or your talents or anything. It's, it's because Jesus lives in you. But he's, he's making this proclamation that we are the light of the world. Jesus spoke this about himself also. It's interesting that Jesus said he was a, the light and that yet he, he accounts that to us as well. Let us not hinder what God wants to do in us. He wants us to be that light, a light that is standing on a hill and not hidden. Again, he goes and makes this, this lamp you know, back then, you know, I can understand, I could, I could hear people saying when Jesus speaking, this is after the Sermon on the Mount, and he says, hey, you know, if, if, if you take this, you light a lamp and put it under a basket, I could, I could almost hear people saying, that's the dumbest thing in the world to put a lamp under a basket. It, it, it just made no sense to them. I love how Jesus is tangible and, and, and effective in what he would say, and, and, and the same thing is for us, like we can relate to that. It's not some crazy lofting thing as, oh, you know, 
If you get this amazing degree and four doctorates in biblical theology from this certain college, then you will be the light of the world for me. That's not what he's saying. He's proclaiming, because of me, you are this. And the disciples knew the same thing and they believed it with all of their heart, mind, soul, and strength, even to defy possible death. And I really believe that as society continues to move in the direction that it's moving in, we are in a more and more acceptance of a godless society. And so I believe God wants to encourage the body and empower us and give us boldness and, and give us crazy opportunities to do things like Gideon did or, or other people in the Bible or even these disciples here, the apostles, because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's alive and he's placed all of you on earth to be his light, to shine before men. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, thank you for your mercy and your grace and your love and your Holy Spirit. Lord, if there's anything I've said that's you know, contrary to, your, to you or, or, or silly or just I got in the way, I pray God that my words would just burn up, Lord, that they would be gone. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would give a boldness to this to your people that are here, Lord. That even now you might start stirring in their hearts and minds, Lord, things about you. People that maybe they need to share with, people they might need to pray with, what, whatever that might look like. I don't know, I don't need to know. But I just ask you to do that with them, Father. Lord, if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, I pray that you would draw them unto you for salvation, Lord. Lord, if there's anybody here that needs prayer for anything, I pray that you would just prick upon their heart, Lord, to get with me or Roy or one of the other leaders at the church, Lord, one of the women, Lord, here at the church to pray with them. Thank you, God, that you love us so much. Thank you for this account, Lord, as the apostles continued to not stop preaching. They, they, they were beaten, they rejoiced, and they continued to do what you called them to do. Help us to be focused, Lord, in that fashion. God, forgive us, Lord, not being heavenly-minded, Lord. Forgive us for maybe being too heavenly-minded to where we're of no earthly good. Lord, will you help us? Will you protect us? Will you smile upon us, Father God? I pray that you would just take care of all the needs of our families, Lord, this this. This season of Thanksgiving, Lord, it seems like the family time is even being attacked lately, Lord. God, will you help us? Help us stay focused on you, Lord. Help us to be loving, Lord. Help us to be honest and ask for forgiveness when we're wrong. I just thank you for each and every person here, Lord. And I thank you for the influence that you have through them in the communities that they live in. And I uh, just praise you and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.